So, welcome to the Investment Cuddle. This is a special episode on peer-to-peer lending. Before we go into that, I just wanted to let you know that we've changed the name of the podcast from the Market Cuddle to the Investment Cuddle. I think the reason for doing that is that we are pretty much more investment-focused than we are market-focused. And there was also a, a podcast that's quite similar in name so we thought we'd get away from that so I hope you like the new name and that you'll stick with us as we uh, continue to put out the material over the coming months. So I just wanted to mention a comment that came in to the podcast comment section about investing in this current climate and obviously some of you will be aware that it's uh, fairly uncertain times for lots of us whether it be work-wise, home-wise or investment-wise and I think the, the one thing, the one tip if you like to look at at the moment is to consider the volatility in the market. So for me at the moment, the level of volatility means that probably being an investor in this current market is meaning that you need to be a long-term investor. If you're going to go into the market now with any additional money, then you need to be thinking about it for the long-term. And when I mean long-term, I'm talking for your retirement or certainly a 10-year horizon. And I think also, if you're not looking to invest, then this market at the moment is tradable. You can buy and sell stocks and shares and other vehicles, but it's not for the long term. The trading is not, you're not buying something that you know, you'll keep for three months. It's probably more like three hours, three days, or three weeks. And that's the balance at the moment, is that if you keep an eye on the volatility index, so for example, the American index for the S&P 500, the volatility index there is called the VIX, and at the moment that's above 30. Anything above the late 20s means that there is some significant volatility in the market. And you'll see that if you've seen any of the swings in terms of share price, you know, where we would see a few percent perhaps in a week we're seeing a few percent in a few hours or in a day or bigger swings and you'll notice that in things like Royal Dutch Shell they announced they were cutting their dividend to try and conserve cash and I think their stock dropped double digit figures within a few days of that announcement if you're at all unsure don't stay in cash don't invest that is stay in cash and if you want to go into the market for the long term you can do that if you want to do something in the short term then by all means trade the market but do it with a small amount of your capital and be prepared to be in a situation if you're the wrong side of a trade then you make sure you've got a limit on that trade that will get you out and I think the other thing I'd say in terms of this current market you want to be looking at things if you are going to look to invest for the long term look to things that are fairly priced perhaps with a dividend that is secure so investment trusts I think Philip covered investment trusts quite well in previous episodes. The other option there is to look at things like gold, treasuries, or as we call them in the UK, gilts. You could also look to the food industry at the moment and the healthcare industry. And they're not necessarily too surprising because lots of people are still buying food because we need to eat. And healthcare because there's a lot of focus at the moment on healthcare for obvious reasons. So try not to buy at the top of the market or if you see the patterns If you look at your app for looking at stock prices or you just go onto Google and put in a particular share price ticker, I talked about the VIX earlier on, V-I-X, you can put that into Google and that will show you a, a graph and a number against where the VIX is for that given day. Have a look at those, see where it is, and then consider whether you think it's a good time to go in. You know, the old adage is buy low, sell high. Most of us get that wrong. We buy high and sell low, me included. So have a look at where you think things are going. At the moment, there has been a bit of a recovery in the market. 
probably a 50% retrace from the original highs. In any market, that's quite typical after a major drop like we've had. So just tread carefully at the moment. I think there's a lot of opportunity to lose further money. But again, as we said, it's for the long term. If you are dollar cost averaging or pound cost averaging, just continue to do that. Drip feed the money into the market and don't worry about the prices of it and don't look too often. There was a, something I, I, I listened to a little while ago and the guy had said uh, with regard to buying into indexes, he said, just keep buying every month with your wages. And then when you retire, have the number given to you in an envelope, sit down and look where you've got to. That's a nice way of trying to remove the risk from this process, which is almost impossible, let's let's be frank, where our hard-earned money is being put hopefully to work and not to loss. So I think Bill's comment on the Podbean comment section was around any ideas about investing in this current market. So I hope I've covered that. So moving on then to peer-to-peer lending, we'd had a comment a few months ago on the podcast about would you cover peer-to-peer lending. I think we struggled with this a little bit at the beginning because it's not something that we've invested in. So after a little bit of sort of research around it and talking to a few people we know that do invest, let's say, in peer-to-peer lending, because I think in peer-to-peer lending is very much an investment. It's not a savings scheme or, or you know, it's not a bank. You're putting your money at risk when you get involved with these peer-to-peer lending platforms like you would with any share investment platform. So. I've tried to break the peer-to-peer lending down into a number of areas. And I think the, the key one really for me is around the platform. So talking about platforms, there's three types of approaches within the platforms. One is a conduit, one is pricing, and one is discretionary. So the conduit is essentially you select the percentage that you would like with the borrower to select the loan. So that's pretty pretty much you have some engagement there and involvement with who the money is being lent to because peer-to-peer lending just simply means that we are lending from party A to party B. So that's conduit. The pricing option there is you can select the loan percentage through the provider so through the platform and then discretionary the platform sets pretty much everything who the money is being lent to and the percentage at which that is being lent so you will have yourself as the lender or you're putting money into the platform the investor you're looking for a certain percentage return the borrower is looking to borrow at a certain percentage and those two probably won't be the same in the discretionary model because there will be a, a certain amount taken by the platform but it depends again how hands-on you want to be when we look at the borrowers you can be a private borrower so this could be consumer loans could be commercial so this is businesses borrowing the money or buy to let so it's obviously relating to housing so there's three main areas there where that money is going to be lent out to peer-to-peer is platform and online activity but fundamentally if you look back over history that type of lending has happened before and it's a bit like you know if mum and dad lend you some money or did do in the past it's essentially a peer-to-peer lending activity quite often the parents are probably wondering whether they're ever going to see the money again and you're wondering whether you have to actually pay it back so that's a good example of of peer-to-peer lending but obviously without the formal agreement usually the charges here they will differ for the lender and the borrower. As we said, there's different differential rates there. So I think charges is something to look at quite closely, but you'd do that with any investment vehicle you were you were looking to invest in because fundamentally you don't want to be giving away half of your percentage return on the fees. The other thing to bear in mind is default. We've got money being lent in this peer-to-peer system and sometimes those loans are not repaid. Default risk obviously increases when you are in a recession 
or in economic times that are that are difficult. So default is something to really think hard about, just like you would if you were investing in a in a stock or shares to think, well, actually, how's this company's set up? What's their cash flow like? One of the main issues is people wanting to get their money back. So if you want to get your money back early in a peer-to-peer lending system, typically you're going to have to find a buyer for that loan. And also there's a liquidity issue. If the peer-to-peer lending platforms are getting lots of people asking for their money back, then they might have what they class as a liquidity squeeze. They haven't got enough money to pay everybody because other things have to pay out first. So it's a bit like joining the queue when when you're actually looking for payback in a credit situation. So again, if you put your money in, I would consider can you put that money in for the full term and are you making sure that you can afford to lose that money should the default happen as we said earlier and I think the last point on peer-to-peer lending is very much around diversification we've talked about it before on the podcast about having a balanced portfolio and this is no different go across a number of platforms have a balance to that portfolio the challenge with all of this is to make sure that you're not putting too many eggs in one basket. Now, I know that sounds really simple, but what we're simply saying is when you look at your portfolio overall, if you've got stocks and shares, you've got premium bonds, are you putting a small proportion of your money to work with peer-to-peer lending? It's quite common people will pick one particular avenue and put all of their money in that one investing vehicle or that one style. It seems simple and straightforward because it's less hassle, but when things go wrong, it puts people's future and their retirement at risk. So I think the other thing that we would talk through here with regard to peer-to-peer lending, certainly on that portfolio, is the risk tolerance. How much risk can you put up with and how much money can you be prepared to lose should that loan go bad? The Financial Services Authority more recently has been looking into the peer-to-peer lending platforms and style of loans. It's worth saying, I think at this point, that the Financial Services Authority do not guarantee these peer-to-peer lending platforms. So the money you put in is not covered like you're the money in the bank or in a building society. So in summary then, I think if you're keen to do peer-to-peer lending, and I think it's there's a real positive there to do something like this because there's a need for people to borrow money to grow the business, to grow their housing portfolio, and for the consumers to do whatever it is they need to do. So you're loaning money out for to people who don't have it. And I think in some respects that's, from a societal point of view, is a very positive thing. I just think the focus that's been on peer-to-peer lending has been the percentage returns that you can get above and beyond the societal benefit. And when you're in that sort of situation, there are, in my view, possibly better places to put your money, as we've covered in previous podcasts, with funds within the stock market than peer-to-peer lending. But again, that's a personal view. And as part of a balanced portfolio, peer-to-peer lending is worth considering. So I hope that's been useful. And if there's any more requests on special episodes, then please get in touch on the comments section. And so we've also, with changing the name, we've put up some videos on YouTube and we're looking to try and do some more interactive videos over the coming months. So again, if there's any things you would like us to look at there, then if you could let us know, that would be great. And we'll see you next time. Thanks very much. This programme has been presented for information and educational purposes only. None of the information or content of the programme is to be taken as an offer, opinion or recommendation by the programme's hosts or guests to buy or sell securities. Nor is it intended to provide legal, tax, accounting, commercial or financial advice. 
Opinions and comments are based on information from sources believed to be reliable. All investing involves risk as prices go up or down based on a number of factors. Always consider consulting a financial professional before investing.